Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of What the Fantasy. We're joined, as always, by Tom Goslowski of 104.5 The Team and Kyle Ray the local fantasy expert of Glenville. How we doing, boys? Good. Not too shabby. Are we, though? Are we good? No. (laughs) We knew knew this was going to happen. We are recording at noon on a Tuesday. It's going up on a Tuesday. And obviously the big news today, we all expected it to happen eventually. Uh, A mini COVID outbreak Right now, it's being reported by Diana Rossini. Three Titans players, five members of their personnel have tested positive for COVID-19. The Titans played the Vikings this past week. And according to reports, so far, no Vikings players have tested positive, which is a good sign. But what do you guys make of this? First, before we get to the fantasy aspect, what's the immediate reaction right now? It seems like, or it sounds like the facilities are going to be shut down for the Titans until Saturday. This is unprecedented. I mean, it's already an unprecedented year, but preparing for game week without access to your facility is something that's probably never happened before. Here's the thing about the whole COVID thing. I wonder if we as fans, because the first three weeks were so successful, we all was like, all right, and COVID's done. Like, I think we actually had such a high level of confidence that it wouldn't happen. And it was always naive for us to think that because football has had this confidence of, I know baseball, I know basketball's move. Well, we're football. We're not going to move. Like, I, I continue, you guys have probably heard this throughout the summer. I've been saying it's called the arrogance of football where, well, COVID doesn't work for us. Well, it does. And now things have changed. We really should have predicted this. Like, it's just the confidence we all, all had. If we told you back in August, hey, some games will get canceled because of COVID, we'd be like, yeah, of course. Like, we're expecting that. But because the first three weeks were so successful, we started to just change our opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of comes out of it. Um, it was pretty light. Like God says, we have had a lot of success with it. So, obviously, Tennessee being a real big hot spot for it right now, um, obviously has some stuff to do with it. But I'm just kind of interested to see what other precautions now teams are going to take from this situation because I'm, I'm wondering what's going to kind of happen with all right, well, what kind of research are these guys going to do for how these players and staffers got got um, in contact with somebody with COVID or wh- whatever may happen there? Um, so that's kind of more what I'm interested in learning. Um, if only three of the five, it sounds like it was relatively contained. Obviously, we know they'll probably te- – they're going to test again daily just to, to confirm. Um, but I'm really interested to see what the NFL's response to this is going to be with other teams, whether it be tighter restrictions or something along those lines, what might come out of it. Yeah, I completely agree with Gaz where – I expected it week one. I expected to wake up after the first week of the se- after the first games and just be like, all right, who got it? You know, who's testing positive? How is this all going to go? And the fact that we went three weeks with none is shocking to me. So, yeah, it was, it was bound to happen. We don't know who the players are, right? No, they're no. right. Release the names. Right. So that's, that's another interesting factor. Let me now dive into the fantasy aspect of, you know, what if it's Derrick Henry? What if, it's, what if it's Ryan Tannehill? We, we, don't, we don't know that yet. So, as of right now, 
No games are being canceled. All we know is that the Titans will not be allowed in their facility until Saturday. <clears throat> the Titans are playing the Steelers this weekend. Um, so obviously a ton of fantasy players are going to be involved in this game if the game happens. So I feel like you kind of have to prepare for the worst, right? You guys agree with me on that where we might not know today or tomorrow or the next day what the ramifications are going to be for Sunday. So, but the waiver wires are already going to get here. You guys are probably preparing for your waiver wire ads tonight and they're probably going to hit tomorrow. So how do you guys approach this? Let's say you have a Derrick Henry or a James Conner, a Big Ben, a Juju, a Deontay Johnson. Do you look at this and you say, okay, I need to be ready just in case it's almost like an unexpected bye week might hit me if this game is not played? Yeah, there's a lot to do this. If I'm a Steeler or a Titan, if you got them on your roster, bench them immediately. I don't even keep them in your lineup at this point because – so they can't go to their team facilities till Saturday, but they're going to play Sunday? How? They're not going to have any practice. So here's the, here's the interesting part about most of the leagues. You mentioned waiver wire there, Chet. Like, if you're in a certain league, are they going to allow that as an IR spot? I know some leagues said, hey, IR, well, is this a COVID IR? So Derrick Henry, I'm not going to cut Derrick Henry. Am I allowed to have roster movement? Check with your commissioners, of course, to see what the ruling is going to be on the IR stuff. But at this point, I would try to find, you know, spot by spot, who's the highest projected wide receiver. I know it's kind of lame, but, like, that, that's kind of the spot you're in right now. you got to make sure you can actually dump somebody or you can actually have an open roster spot. For the IR thing, I think it's probably going to make it so tough, is it's not going to be ruled out most likely until later in the week. So once you get the O, the O is what's magical. Whether it's a suspension, you're injured, you know, family matter, in this case, COVID, you have to wait for your player to officially be ruled out. And I'm guessing this is not going to be official until later in the week because what they're going to do is that they've already contained the team, whoever tested positive. They're going to have rapid testing of all the players probably every day to make sure no one else contracted it. And that's going to take a few days. Like We're going to get to probably Thursday or Friday and then we'll have a better idea if this game is actually going to be played. Um, so that, and that's what's going to make it tough is you're going to have to make your waiver decisions tonight, but you might not have the roster availability right away. It's what makes it so frustrating about having, you know, speaking from, uh, you know, personally, having a guy like Michael Thomas. He's questionable all week until Saturday, and now he's ruled out. Now I can move him to my IR spot just for the week and then add somebody else. But you have to play that, play that waiting game. Um, so we'll see how this develops uh, for the Vikings because that's another thing we still have to monitor, right? They did just play the Titans as of right now. It's being reported, no positive test. The Vikings play the Texans uh, this weekend. So we'll see. Again, we knew it was going to happen. We'll see how the NFL handles it. This is probably going to set the precedent moving forward because it's going to happen again. If, if they play this game on Sunday, that's a great sign for the rest of the season, in my opinion. If they're, if they're doing it smart, right, if they're containing it, Obviously, the, whoever the players are that did test positive, I mean, they're out. They're not playing this weekend. So we'll have to wait and see who those guys are. Hopefully, they're not fantasy stars. Uh, but those guys are done minimum two weeks, right? And that's how it's being handled, whether you're a, a Joe Schmo or if you were playing in the MLB test positive, you're out for two weeks. Um, so let's just jump right into that waiver wire thing. And I was going to start with quarterback. But since we have you know teams that have the Juju Smith-Schuster or you know, Corey Davis has been a thing early on, I'm uh, not sure what the health status will be of A.J. Brown this week. But uh, week three of the NFL, rookie, rookie wide receivers, man. I mean, they were popping off. I mean, they were, this is a huge wide receiver class. We knew that 
when the draft happened. This was going to be a very talented wide receiver class. Uh, the majority of these guys might be available on your waiver wire, depending on the size of your league or the depth of your bench. Um, so I mean, I'm just going to run through all the rookies who have fantasy relevance this year, at least have made some sort of splash plays for their team. You got CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, huge week this week. We'll talk about him in more in a second. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Brandon Ayuk. Tons of talent there. Half of those guys probably aren't available. And I'm looking at CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, right? Those guys are, are probably not available in your league. But I'm looking at guys, Justin Jefferson, who finally just popped off big time for the Vikings. Brandon Ayuk, who started the season injured and now looked really good with Mullins under center, and they got him involved in the running game. And LaVisca Chenault and T. Higgins. So those are the four that I'm looking at. I want you guys, with what we've seen, small sample size, three games, if you're in a position where you need some wide receiver depth right now, rank those four guys for me. Higgins, Jefferson, Ayuk, and LaVisca Chenault, who's obviously got the best name of them all. I think if you're going to look at it, Justin Jefferson's got to be number one just from who he's got throwing the ball. By far, I think, the best um, quarterback out there from that group. So give me Jefferson. I think then you got to go Chenault. Um, obviously, there's a little dependency on what is Chark's situation, um, but I, I do like how much they try to involve Chenault. I think then you go Ayuk um, at number three. Um, don't have much on him, obviously, but um, – I think those are the top three for me. Um, looking at that, but yeah, I, 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 think, I think I think the large separation between Jefferson, Chenault, and then you have that break, and you go down from there. Totally agree with Kyle. I think my rankings are about the same. I might put T. Higgins three. The only thing that makes this whole list tough is that they all stink. Like the teams stink. Not the players. Players are fine, <laughs> but like the teams are awful. At least the top three. We're talking about Higgins, Chenault and uh, Justin Jefferson there, that you think they're going to get most of your points in the second half and everything like that. That's what you hope. You know, by week four, if you're starting rookie wide receivers because of COVID, because of injuries, okay, it's, it's a little risky. Let's not be, you know, it's, it's rookie wide receivers on bad teams. But that's the hope is they get some second half points and some end zone looks there at the end. I'm actually a little bit higher on T. Higgins. I might really? get T. Higgins too. Um, just because Joe Burrow and T. seem to be forming some sort of bond. A.J. Green – Father time is finally starting to win against him. He's got a lot. He had a lot of targets in week one and two. Maybe those targets are going to T Higgins, who's kind of is the AJ green build in that offense. Um, and that's a team. I guess all these teams are probably going to be throwing a lot in the second half, but I mean, Burrow's throwing 50 times. So I'm actually pretty high on T Higgins, but I think, yes, Justin Jefferson makes sense as your top priority. If one of those guys are available, um, I'd probably put LaVisca Chenault fourth on that list. Um, we'll see what happens when or if Debo Samuel comes back because he'll still be the number one for that San Francisco offense. But I like how they're using – I think Ayuk and, and Chenault kind of using in a, in a similar way where they're athletic enough where they can come out of the backfield, get the – you know, I think Ayuk had that big rushing touchdown this year on the, on the end of round. Um, so, yeah, I think all those guys deserve a roster spot because – We've seen it already three weeks in. I think all four of them, yeah, all four of them have a touchdown um, and some big play potential. So I think all four of those guys um, have, have a chance to be fantasy relevant from here on out. 
Running back position, I don't think there's a lot of waiver wire potential this week. Luckily, it was a much more healthy week. I think the only, the only guy you're really probably looking at is Chris Carson, right, with that dirty, dirty play. I'm still fired up about that. The Gator roll. I didn't, I didn't see it live. I, I watched it live, and I thought he got landed on by the other Cowboy defender. Then you go on Twitter and you see the replay, and people are just ripping. I don't even, I don't even care what his name is. Some, some defender for the Cowboys. Uh, extremely dirty play. Rolled the ankle on Chris Carson. I guess so. that's probably the biggest one on the waiver. You're looking at who do you guys like more? Carlos Hyde, the vet, or Homer? who got a little more run once Carson was out. I'm more interested to see what your guys' take on this. I hate this team for running backs because it is the definition of running back by committee, but Burkhead's usage in situations is a little bit ridiculous. Um, he's available in a decent amount of leagues. Um, I, know, I know that rotation and how Belichick and um, McDaniels use his running backs is really weird, um, but Burkhead looked real good yesterday in the past game, especially if James White is out. I think Burkhead deserves a spot in leagues. And if you need a running back for Derrick Henry or something like that, he might be serviceable if James White is going to continue to be out. But um, what are your thoughts on him? I don't – it's hard, but that was the one guy that jumped out to me right then and there and said, is he the guy that I would pick up if I need him? I'm going to answer both those questions. First, I'll start with Chet's. Carlos Hyde, just because he's proven in the league – but I think it's going to be a split back. You might not get a Carlos Hyde like double-digit game for a while, which is tough. To Kyle's question, and I texted you guys this on Sunday, I picked up Rex Burkett an hour before kickoff because I was watching the trends, and he was one of the most picked-up players in all of fantasy. So I said, okay, I can find some room for him in the lineup. And the leagues were in together, the media league. I had to cut Burkett because I forgot he needed a wide receiver, and I tried moving out of the flex – so I'm like, oh, man, I got to cut Burkhead. I was going to play him. So I cut him and, or signed him and cut him in an hour, which made me feel dumb. Uh, his future going forward, I think James White's going to be back because James White wasn't dealing with an injury. He was dealing with a family situation, the car accident, and everything else. I don't think Burkhead's going to have – maybe if an injury happens, Belgic will use him, but I think it was more about the circumstance for him that week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to side with Gaz on that one. Uh, I still think it's going to be one of those things – on any given week, one of those three will pop off, and you're going to think, okay, Sony Michelle is back, or James White's now the guy. And then the next week, this is what Bill Belichick does. That guy might not get used as much. And <clears throat> good luck predict, predicting red zone usage, because even when they were all healthy, it, it's random uh, of any given week. So you're probably going to be more frustrated than um, – than happy on any given week trying to figure out who's going to start where. If James White is out again, I like, I like Burkhead, then Michelle. Um, if James White comes back, you got to figure, because like God says, I mean, that guy's going to be healthy as ever. Um, hopefully everything's okay. Uh, you know, the, I know the mom's in critical condition, so you have no idea what his timeline is. He could be out for weeks. We, we have no idea. It's already been two. Um, and then for the Carlos Hyde and Homer situation, I lean towards Hyde as well. I think Homer might be the more versatile back. But my gut would tell me that Hyde would get goal line work. Bigger back, more experienced. You could probably trust him holding onto the ball more. Um, so if you're hoping for one of them to fall into the end zone, I'd probably go with Carlos Hyde if, if uh, Chris Carson can't play this weekend. Last one. Let's, uh, I skipped tight ends this week. But let's just go to quarterback. He's back, baby. Big you-know-what foals. 
is back. We saw him throw three touchdowns in a comeback because this is what the Falcons love to do, uh, allow, allow second-half comebacks. What do you guys think? Kyle and I were, were – Kyle messaged the group before we did this podcast. You, you bump up Bears wide receivers because they're probably going to be able to throw it a little bit more. But do we think Nick Foles is a guy, if you're looking for a quarterback, could he be in a deeper league, two-quarterback league? Do you like Nick Foles moving forward? They've already named him the starter, not just for this week, but for uh, at least the next few weeks. No. But as you heard, not a confident no there. Here's the thing with Foles. This is a classic one. We've done this for as long as we've done the podcast. A classic fantasy good versus real life good. He is going to make the Bears better than Trubisky was. Trubisky stunk, even though they're 3-0. And I know Foles got in there at the end of the game that helped them win. Foles is going to make the Bears better, but I'm not ready to say all of a sudden that he's going to be a fantasy superstar because the weapons didn't change. You know, I don't look at the Chicago Bears at 3-0 and say they got fantasy guys across the board. I know Matt Nagy's arena football guy and everything else. The weapons didn't get better for Foles. You would have to hope for, like, a really good matchup. Maybe a Lions, maybe keep him on the roster and hope he gets, like, just bad defenses and you pick your spots with him. But week by week having Foles as a 2QB, maybe 10-team league, I'm not – not yet. Not yet for me. I 100% agree. Um, not sold yet. I love the bear. I love Robinson going forward. I, like I said, in, in the rest of the chat, but um, especially with who he's going up against week one, we'll really get a little bit of what he's seeing. Cause that Indy secondary has been pretty stout. Um, so we'll, we'll see what Nick Foles is going to be able to do and what the rest of that, that team is going to be able to do. But at the same time, they did lose a big weapon with Tariq Cohen going down with the ACL. So, now you're relying on David Montgomery to come out of the backfield and, and produce those and produce those big hit plays. I mean, if you're looking at the waiver wire, I think a couple of people to keep an eye on. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick this week, especially if Jamal Adams isn't playing, that Seattle secondary has been poked quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I would I would look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. How do you even take take a peek at um Jared Goff? Um been pretty solid yet. I mean, I think week two he had a rough week, but he shredded the Bills pretty hard in that, and in, in their obviously a stout secondary. Um, Got to give him a little bit of love too, I think. Yeah, I like both of those. I'm actually targeting Ryan Fitzpatrick in one of my uh, two QB leagues. Fitz Magic. He's one of those guys. <clears throat> the second you start thinking he's he's got some power, he, yeah, he's he's gonna uh, mess it all up for us. Do we think and this is, this is non fantasy related? Do we think Trubisky's done for like forever? Like, are we going to see, barring any injuries, will Trubisky ever get a second chance or third or fourth chance, wherever we're at right now? As a starter? Yes. Will they ever get a chance again? Uh, he might get in because of injury. I like this question. I love this one. I did this to LeVac yesterday. Who would you rather have if you had to sign a quarterback for the future, Mitchell Trubisky or Josh Rosen? Oof. Right? And here's the thing, like, Rosen hasn't been on the field enough, so he hasn't been as bad. But you could also argue, well, he also hasn't been as good because he hasn't got on the field. But Rosen is younger. Rosen. Me too. Yeah, just because we haven't seen it enough, we've seen plenty of Mitch Trubisky. Like, he had a chance to <laughs> develop in an offense with a head coach that's supposed to be an offensive genius, offensive guru, and just took steps backwards. Like, poor Josh Rosen, man. I mean – Goes, starts his career with the Cardinals when they were an absolute dumpster fire and then goes to Miami, which for the last few years has been a dumpster fire. So 
I, I think the jury's still out on Rosen, who, who also might not get another chance. It just depends on opportunity and if he lands in the right spot and gets a chance. So, yeah, I would probably have to go Josh Rosen. I would, I would not feel good. I, I would probably be tanking for Trevor if I had either one. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, I'm, I'm trying to find the source, but a couple people are saying that the league is now looking at postponing both Vikings-Houston game as well. Oh, no. And so, obviously, I mean, the ramifications there. And this is happening, again, we're recording at 1230 on a Tuesday. This news just came out this morning. Uh, we'll try to update you. You can follow us on Twitter at what the underscore fantasy. Um, and, obviously, guys will keep us updated on 104.5, the team. I mean, that's huge because wow. those are four teams that are pretty loaded with fantasy-relevant players. All four have running backs that are 100% started, most likely with James Conner, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and David Johnson. All of them have receivers and quarterbacks who are playing, you know, with Deshaun Watson, Big Ben, maybe Ryan Tannehill. Hopefully you're not starting Kirk Cousins. But you look at Adam Thielen. You look at, again, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith. If A.J. Brown or Corey Davis are playing. I mean, this is where you're going to make your money. You're going to earn your money as a fantasy owner. Uh, fantasy manager, excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, again, you, you, I think God said it the best. Prepare for the worst. Take them out of your lineup right now. You, you're going to feel better about the realistic Sunday lineup with them out of it. If somehow they miraculously do play, put them back in. You're good. You've already you've survived it. But I think you have to go right now, like God says, go to your lineup, take those guys out, see what it looks like, because then you'll be able to know, okay, I might have to let one of my receivers go who I would be one of these rookie guys who you've been stashing and hoping develops. You might have to let that guy go to go get a running back like a Rex Burkhead or a Sony Michelle. If you are, if you're going to lose Derrick Henry, right? Yep. Yeah. Again, it's developing minute by minute, hour by hour. This is how COVID this is how 2020 works. We get updates every hour and we have to adjust and learn on the fly. Um, Moving on to the biggest thing that we've learned. We're going to condense this to one each. One big thing that you learned over the weekend. For the last few years, I've been approaching fantasy football. I want the guys on the best teams, the best offenses. I've talked about this before. That's why I love drafting Chiefs players, right? Because we saw it last night on Monday night. Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to say right now, he's the best quarterback we've ever seen. I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time because that's where you need to bring in resumes. He does things that we've never seen before. He's unbelievable. Um, so much fun to watch. So I always I target those guys. You know, a couple of years ago, the Rams players, which are absolutely stacked, and Sean McVay was shredding this league uh, for years. You want to go after Saints players because you have Drew Brees spreading the ball around. I might, I might start changing my mind. And here's what I mean. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season? Tyreek Hill or Keenan Allen? Hill. Hill. I think it's closer than we think because, okay, Tyreek Hill, the most explosive player in football, right? He's the fastest guy. He's got the best quarterback. But that offense is so good. We saw it last night. They can get anybody involved. Andy Reid is a wizard at play calling. 
So Tyreek Hill's had a touchdown in every game this week. He got saved, I think, with two second-half touchdowns in weeks one and two, which they would have been really down. Right now he enters the week in half-point PPR as wide receiver five. So if you drafted Tyreek, you probably drafted him like the third, you feel, pretty, you feel pretty good about it where you drafted him because he's, he's producing. But we saw what the Chiefs just did to the Ravens. How often are the Chiefs going to be trailing in the second half? Oh. I mean, they, are they going to go 16-0? and 0? I, I'm not going to make that claim. But they are going to be favored in every game, and there's a good chance they're going to be leading in third and fourth quarters. And then what happens to Tyreek? Kyle, you, you experienced this in a good way last night, playing against Tyreek Hill, who had a great first half, and you're thinking, I'm done. Then he gets what, one catch in the second half? One catch for 12 yards. <laughs> That's it. That, and, and you won by literally two decimals or two hundredths of a point, whatever it was. Oh, two. <laughs> so that's where I get – that's where I look at that and I say, you know what? It might not be a bad idea. It depends on your situation to try to trade Tyreek Hill because of the name value because everyone knows he's a, he's a star. Uh, he's produced touchdowns in every week. That's not, he's not going to score 16 touchdowns this year, at least I don't think. So two guys that I look at, and we've already mentioned one, Allen Robinson and Keenan Allen. Those guys had 23 combined catches this week. They both play on teams. They're probably going to be throwing in the second half, the third and fourth quarters. So here you go. Through the first three weeks, Tyreek Hill has 23 targets, just under eight per week. Allen Robinson has 37 – or sorry, Keenan Allen has 37 targets. So we're talking about 12 a week. Allen Robinson has 31 targets. Now with Nick Foles as quarterback. I, so I look at those guys. If you can somehow package a deal, you might be able to trick someone because everyone loves Patrick Mahomes. That offense is amazing. But there's so many weapons, right? Travis Kelsey, top tight end. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire having a great rookie season. Sammy Watkins, his hammies are still intact. Like, he's a thing. McCole Hardman is Tyreek Hill and had a big touchdown. I look at that. It, that is the best offense in football, and that's a concern to me because they have so many options. Anthony Sherman scoring touchdowns. Like, do you, you guys think I'm crazy where you look at that and you're like, you know, that offense might be too good. That team might be too good. They might be leading every single game from here on out, and Tyreek Hill might not get. He only has, he has five catches in every game. That's it. And, again, three of those each game, one touchdown. It's a pretty compelling case. Right? Because you look at those guys. Again, Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson are the two that really stand out because they are great receivers. They're proven commodities. And they're on bad teams that are going to have to throw. Justin Herbert clearly loves Keenan Allen. Nick Foles is going to sling it better than Mitch Trubisky. Like, it's something to look at, something to think about. I'm, I'm finally changing my – because it's the most frustrating thing where you, you know how talented Tyreek is. If Tyreek was on a bad team, holy cow. Like, he'd get so many targets. But he's not. He's on a great team that if they're up by two touchdowns in the fourth, look what happened last night. Run, run, first down conversion. Run, run, first down conversion. And the game's over. So something to think about. And I I'm finally might be changing my perspective on that. If you can, I usually try to stay away from bad teams. I think those teams are good enough that they're going to be able to move the ball and get a ton, of, a ton of catches for those guys. So here's the only thing that I would say to that. Because um, like you were saying, you like to draft these guys and everything like that. I think the situations have changed completely, though. 
So the only thing I want to ask Chet was how many of Keenan Allen's targets have come from Herbert? Well, uh, last week, all of them. I mean, so 13, he had 13 catches this past week. 13 for 132 and a touchdown. How many catches did he have the week before? I think he was at eight with Herbert. So right there, so right there is at least 20 of his 30 targets. So I, I, th- I think that's part of, the, part of the equation, too, that we got to look at is what kind of situations have changed. Everybody agreed Allen Robinson had no value with Mr. Trubisky, and it was kind of true. Um, I value, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Limited. That, that's, a, that, lower, that's a lower ceiling with Trubisky. Yeah. So, yeah, something to think about. And I, and I might be that if you could find a way to do a two-for-one where you convince someone, hey, Tyreek's awesome. He's scored a touchdown every game. He's the best. And you can get a guy like Keenan Allen paired with a, I don't know, Robinson from the Jaguars. Just, yep. You'd have to probably do, you know, add and throw in another guy. I just look at it. Tyreek Hill has me a little bit worried because that team is so good that they're not going to have to come from behind very often. All right, guys, uh, under 10 minutes to go on this uh, episode of What the Fantasy. Kyle, what's the biggest thing you learned this past weekend? So the biggest thing that I learned this weekend was if you are up 27-3, to you go for two. You do not go for the field goal. You go for two. Um, Honestly, the one thing that I learned is – you start whoever's playing against the Falcons because fourth quarter comebacks are a thing against the Falcons. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you know somehow the Falcons are going are gonna to just mess that up. So um, I hate everything about that Falcons defense. Um, they allow way too many big plays. If It's, it's one of those things where um, we kind of look at those wide receivers that are on, available on the, on the waiver wire. Um, I immediately said, looked at um, who the uh, the bear the Bears playing them, and obviously with Mr. Bisky, I was like, ah, it's probably not going to be good. But after this week, I'm sold. Whoever's going against the Falcons secondary or defense, period, I'm going to try to find somebody that's going to be against them, and I'm going to play them because that that defense cannot stop a JV squad on on a, on a Shen's team. Over under, Quinn gets fired in the next two weeks. Um, I thought the news would have come out today that he got fired after blowing yet another league. That's I, I, the only reason I take the over, because if he didn't get fired after that, I don't yep. know what it's going to take. I guess a third, fourth quarter blown lead, I don't know. Yeah, and yeah, with one of those fourth quarter leads being the Super Bowl, but that's just us. <laughs> All right, uh, what about you guys? What would you learn this week? In radio, I like to say the old expression, play the hits. I got to go back old school, two things I've learned. I should know these every year. Juan Kyle brought it up in passing, and it still drives me nuts. I can't stand the tenths in, in like percentage <laughs> .06. Stop it! That just—it's just outrageous that we're losing games by tenths and hundreds of points. That's we every league. Tie like the Eagles? Come on! It's—I'd rather take the tie than lose by a, a a knee, a knee at the end of the game of a quarterback. Uh, the second thing I learned is—is is there anything worse than losing a fantasy game on a Monday night? Oh. I mean, it's just brutal. I had a buddy who was leading by forty last night going up against Mahomes. That was almost me, dude. That was almost me. I had a 44-point lead and barely held on. And You're you're rolling around on the floor like an idiot. You're like, don't score another touchdown. I'm 17. I'm so glad Lamar stunk last night because if they had made that, somehow tied the game, I was doomed because the Chiefs easily could have scored again in that fourth quarter, uh, scored another touchdown. One thing on what God said, and I think it's pretty obvious, the worst is when you have a lead that dwindles and you don't even have anybody in the game, right? Like that's the worst possible Monday night scenario. You go in, 
with a 20-point lead and you just watch it slowly chip away and you have no control, right? That's the worst. Like, yeah. I think it's way better you have a guy to root for and it, and it becomes up short, you're bummed, whatever. But at least you had something to positively cheer about. Like, if you had Tyreek last night, at least you got the touchdown, you're fired up, you're rooting for something. It's so much worse to be rooting just against the world. Like, I hope no one scores. I hope no one catches passes. That's yep. always uh, – that's definitely the toughest. And we've all been there. We've all had it after this. All right, guys, last thing. We're about closing out five minutes left in the podcast. Uh, what are the real and mirages? A little 104.5 the team segment making its way over to WT Fantasy. I'll give you guys three of them. I'll start the quarterback position. Real and mirage, Josh Allen is the best closer in football when it comes to fantasy. Did you two plan this? Did you two plan this? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, yeah. Kyle, I'll let you have the floor because you posed this question to me already over the weekend. Josh Allen, 10 game-winning drives, I believe, in just 31 career games. If, if, the, if, the, games, if the fourth quarter is on the line, you need a guy to drive you 80 yards down the field. Are you drafting Josh Allen to do that? So just, just for comparison, because I, I pulled all the stats yesterday. So in 2020 so far, Josh Allen in the fourth quarter, 23 for 32, 72% completion percentage, 346 yards, uh, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, in the fourth quarter when he is leading or trailing by eight in 2020 so far, 13 for 18, 72% completion, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Let's go to 2019. Um, not, not as pretty of a stats, but we can all agree this Josh Allen is a this year's Josh Allen's completely different. Josh Allen in the fourth quarter last year, 58 for 100, 782 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, there's a missing stat there that I got to scroll over. I believe he has three fumbles in the fourth quarter, um, which is huge. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm going to call that out as this. Here's the, here's the thing that I posed at Josh Allen and what Chet and I were referencing is I said, is Josh Allen a better um, guy to have when you're up or uh, down seven than Russell Wilson? The only thing I give Josh Allen on, and I didn't say he was better. I said it was definitely worth a conversation. Russell Wilson is fast. He's pretty elusive. Nobody can, no quarterback in the NFL has shown that they can break tackles like Josh Allen. Josh Allen can escape. He's been doing it for 15 years, but continue. At the athleticism that Josh Allen has is where I'm going with this. But that the, the, the breakaway ability of Josh Allen, I think, kind of puts it on another level, too. Um, I think he is worth a mention right now of if I, if I had to pick a quarterback, Josh Allen would probably be up there with the Russell Wilsons, um, Patrick Tom Mahomes. Brady's, um, Patrick with Mahomes. those guys. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is probably still one or is one or two in my opinion. It's either Russell sure. or Mahomes. Um, is Josh Allen been a pleasant surprise? Absolutely. I mean, he's in the MVP conversation. That's a realistic. He's there. Like he's mm -hmm. in that conversation. It's only been three weeks, but he's been he's been spectacular. It's just I I haven't seen enough. I know we've seen ten game winning drives. I get that. Um, I'm going with the guy who's won a Super Bowl played multiple Super Bowls, playing the best he's ever played. One of the best decision makers in football. Like, we yep. don't see Russell make mistakes. Usually if it's interception, it's like it goes off a guy's hands. The no, just, just DK makes mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to go uh, 
Honestly, I would say of anyone in football, ooh, that's tough between Russell and Mahomes. It's one, it's one of the two. But you, you got to go Mahomes. It's closer to the top than he was last year in that category. I'll say Josh Allen finishes a top six fantasy quarterback this year. Top I six. I agree. Real Mirage, Aaron Jones will be the number one fantasy football running back at the end of the season. I'm going to say Mirage. I'm going to say Mirage. I think he'll be a top five. Um, I'm very confused at the usage of the other running backs in Green Bay. Like, why do you draft A.J. Dillman in the second if you didn't have a plan to use him? So that's a good sign for anybody who rosters Aaron Jones is he's still the guy. That is not a committee at all. Jamal Williams is even taking a step back over there. Um, I think there's still better – well, I guess now with the COVID situation, it could get interesting. Ah, there you go, Chet. You uh, picked up on it because Saquon's hurt. McCaffrey's hurt. COVID situation with Henry, COVID situation with Dalvin Cook. Kamara's in the mix somewhere, but the I think offense Kamara, changed. But yes. Michael Thomas coming back, does that change his numbers early? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think it's real. I, all the stuff that changed. Aaron Jones might be the number one running back in fantasy when it's all said and done. Kyle, real Mirage. I, I agree. I think it's Mirage. Just, just because you got to look at history. Aaron Jones is a monster, monster, monster. Then all of a sudden – Nah, let's just put Aaron, Rod- or, uh, Aaron Rodgers out there and let him sling it 60 times and uh, Aaron Jones touches it 10. Um, so I'll wait. I'll wait to get uh, punched in the stomach on this one, but I still am not completely sold on that. Just I'm not going to go against uh, the past. Last one here, Real Mirage. For where you drafted him, he's been the most viable player. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.